Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey guys, praise the Lord, man. I'm so happy you're with us tonight. Amen. Tonight is night number two of our Super Soul Summit. Amen. We are talking about your soul, and tonight we're going to be talking about the power of transforming your word through confession of God's word. Now, yesterday, now you got to get both of them. They go together, right? You had meditation. What am I doing? What I meditate? How do I meditate? Why am I meditating? What does meditation look like? We're meditating in the battle. We're meditating in the situation. We're meditating in the circumstances of life. We're not just preparing to meditate. Really good stuff. Yesterday, we talked about it. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the power of positive confession. Now, when I say that, I don't want you to think like positive confession like, oh, just saying, no, speaking the word of God and speaking it in the season with the pressures in the moment and speaking the word of God over your life. And one of the things we're going to be talking about is really, really, I thought was really, really good. We're going to be talking about how in your spirit is everything you need. And you basically... Speak out of a spiritual place into your soul and transform it. And it's really funny. It's the word of faith which we preach. And we preach it over. It's really cool. I've I've never really talked like this before. So it's going to be really strong. Um, And one of the things I want you to get encouraged about is that you take both these and then you just carry the whole month, Wednesdays and Sundays. And it's really going to open your eyes to the power of what I received and the process. One of the things I think is really big about God He's given us a process, and a lot of times in life we say this, well, you know, if it ain't working, you're not working it, because the principles of Jesus work forever. It's not like the Bible's like an old book, you know, like, oh, it got dusty, you know what I mean? It's not updated, it's not real, um, like, relevant, you know, it's kind of funny, like, you know, that's why, like, I get a little concerned, like, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you know, the church has to stay up with the times. It does. Like, you can't have, like, you know, come in here and we got, like, you know, some rickety old building. That's not what I'm saying. But what we do have to be careful of is this, is that we don't come away from the truth of the message and try to get these new ways of doing things. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There ain't no new, new thing under the sun. You know, I remember Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin said something real funny in Bible school. He said, they would always, well, we got a new thing. He said, there ain't no new thing in the body of Christ, man. You know what I mean? There ain't no new. This book went around, you know what I mean? Let's just say like this. For 2,000 years, it's been the same and ain't changing. So if you found something new, it probably ain't right. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny, you know what I mean? It's like, how you going to find something new? 2,000 years people have been searching it out. And I understand revelation and, you know, but, you know, oh, this is a new way of doing it. There ain't no new way of doing Jesus. Amen? There's only one way of doing it. You do it the right way. Amen? You follow the word of God and you follow the flow of the spirit of God. Amen? Well, how many of you know if you work the word, it works for you? How many of you know if you work giving, it's going to work for you? Amen? Praise God. It's offering time. Come on. Praise the Lord. God is so good. Amen. Every time we have a service, I always love the offering time because I, I think everybody, you know, our friends and partners watch from all over. This might be the time they, they give and they tithe and they do their. And I really appreciate your faithfulness because it's really paying off for your future because God's so good. Amen. I was just telling, I was just talking to um, uh, a couple of people just the other day about how God's prospered them so, so supernaturally because their faithfulness is seed. Amen. 
Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. I've been looking in the Passion Translation. I really like it, okay? You know what I mean? And I like the way it reads because it just reads a little. It says, you know, he did so sparingly. But in the King James, it reads like that. But the Passion reads a little bit easier. The Passion says this. It says that God's going to make all grace abound to you just like in the King James. But I like the way it reads because it's real blunt. <laughs> it's kind of like, hey, you want to know why you don't have it? Because you're not sowing it. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. He's like, there it is. A stingy sower will reap a what? A meager harvest. But the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. So we have to train ourselves to have what? I really believe you have to train yourself to have an abundant, to have an abundant harvest. You have to have a cheerful heart. You got to give generosity. Um, and you have to produce generosity in the heart before it could ever be a seed that you pull off of to create. Let it flow from your heart, not a sense of religious duty, and let it, what? God loves a hilarious, what? Generosity, a hilarious giver. And I like what it says here. Um, it says, but God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. Man, if you could get that to hit you. God's grace is God's ability. He's saying, man, he's like, look, you're going to have so much grace in everything you do, every moment and every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. So, man, he's like, look, he's like, you got your seed, and you're going to get ready to sow your seed, and here's what God's doing. He's saying, okay, I see your heart. I see you're going to sow, and now when you sow, I'm going to let the grace of God empower supernatural ability in the arena of sowing and transform your world. Now, listen, this is really good because I was thinking about this, Okay. And I thought about this, just, I was funny. Because you start thinking about money sometimes because you got to realize, like, people, like, they, they, they don't, I've been looking at it for you guys, so it was kind of cool. Like, they're like, well, you know, it's my money. It's really not your money. You know what I mean? It really isn't. Because nothing we have is really ours. And when we, because we're passing through. We steward wealth right now. So, you know what's kind of funny? Because I don't want you to get, like, I don't want you to get goofy greed. Okay, I really want you to get this. It's really good. Because sometimes I never want it to be like, and I never want you to think like, oh, I gotta have all, all this. No. If God gave you, just say God said, hey, I want you to manage $10,000 for the rest of your life. Just say he did, okay? Whether that's a lot of money, a little bit of money, that might be whatever to somebody, it might be all the world's money to somebody else. He wants you to steward that. That's what the, the parable of the talents were about. He's like, what are you doing with what I gave you? Are you stewarding it? And that's not just kingdom building. That's taking care of your tithing, your offering, you're doing your stuff. But it's also what? Remember he got mad? He's like, we stuck in there. He said, you should have put it in a bank and let it make interest. The bank ain't making you no interest now. That's why you got to go get a different plan. But you know what I'm saying? But you understood. He's like, get that money working for you. Right? So you say, well, what if God gave you a million dollars? Well, you ain't taking it with you. You have to use your assets in the earth to create more wealth for kingdom-minded projects. That's why he gave it to you. Now, if you're really good at it, he'll give you more. See what I'm saying? Now, watch this. I'm going to show you something here, and you're going to like this. Some of you, God's given you a lot, and God wants you to steward it, but here's the key. You could do more for the kingdom. That's what people don't get. Because money, you got to think about this. You could do more for the kingdom, but if you're, if you're stingy and you're sowing, and you say, yeah, I got 20 million bucks. Well, then guess what? You can give at a level of a millionaire can give. You can give millions. See, right away, right there. See, see, God don't, see, God play with your heart. See, now watch this, right? 
the person that's got like 100 bucks, oh, give that 10 spot. Oh, that's easy. Or the guy that's got a couple million bucks, he's like, hey, we'll give a million bucks. You got 20 of them. Oh, that's a lot of money. No, no, no. God will find the place of your heart where you get stuck. You see what I'm saying? You got to steward it any size of the game you're at, man. And I remember, remember, I remember like in the beginning, man, I used to give 40 bucks. I'm serious. Was, I used to think I was breaking records, you know. I was like, man, I got to give 40 bucks, man. I'll put it away. And I was like, I was working. I was like, here's my thing and here's my tithe and I'm going to give this 40 bucks over. That's where you start. You know what I mean? You just do what you do. Somebody right now is like, I give 40 bucks. Praise God. You got to start where you And then God was like, I remember when I wrote a check for a bigger amount and I wrote a check for a bigger amount and I wrote a check for a bigger amount. And now, even just this last time I told, we were talking about it, I said, we're going to give this, but all year long everything that comes, I'm doing this. And it was, it was wild, but you grow in it. You see what I'm saying? It's a grace that you grow it. But I'm going to tell you, God's going to check your heart when you increase. And then it's like, oh, yeah, now I got to, no, no, no. It's all equivalent seed must be given at every incrementation of life. And that's the funny part about it. So I wonder this. How many people did God make an investment in but they do not give God the return from the investment that they gave them. Man, I remember one preacher said this. He said, if you'll be faithful with God's money and you'll never get sticky fingers, he'll always keep the blessings of God coming in your life. Just don't get sticky fingers. I thought that was so funny. Right? Like, you know, now I'm prospering. And you got like, nah, nah, you can't take it with you, man. Leave it. Leave it. Sew up a storehouse in heaven. Leave it for your kids. Be a blessing. The Bible says a good man leaves his kids' kids. But make sure you do something for the kingdom that lasts forever. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let me, just four ways to give. They're all up on the screen. You know how to do it. 386-968-1103. Right? We get to do the text to give. And we see over here at irrelevantfl.org slash giving. It's up on the screen. And then the relevant, the, you see the cash apps, dollar sign, relevant FL. It's all there. You know how to do it if you haven't figured it out now. Just take a minute, look up there, and sow your seed. Let's pray over your seed. Father, I thank you for the giving. I thank you, Father, for the increasing. I thank you, Father, for the faithful. And I thank you, Lord, for moving supernaturally in their midst. May they see and may they know greater than ever before. And let increase be upon their life each and every day of their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, tonight, I just really want to talk to you about the confession side of developing the soul. Now, that's how I want you to write it down, the confession side of developing the soul, okay? So, so this is going to really help you, the confession side of developing the soul. Because what you're going to realize is this, that in Isaiah 55, 11, you can go to King James, it's really good. The word of God has been given to us to help us. Now, tonight, I, I want to press into this thing. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures, and I want you to see this. Number one scripture I want you to see is Isaiah 55, 11. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my, this is God. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return me void. It shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing, well, in the thing for which I sent it. Isn't that strong? Okay. God's word does not exist independently from God. Does that make sense? So it's God's word is connected to God. So God and his word are one. So when you got God's word, you got God's will. You got God's will, you got his word, right? That's where we go in 1 John 5, 14. You can go to 1 John 5, 14 and 15, okay? It's alive, it's incorruptible, and it cannot be destroyed or defeated. Now, I, I want to go slow. Now, you're going to go look at this, right? 
So you see this first John, right? It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, which is his word. How are you going to ask according to God's will without finding his word? So you find God's word, right, that he heareth us. So once I got God's word, I got the guarantee of hurt being heard. Because God don't hear. This is what people get. Well, God, 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 God hears me. He hears you, but he can't move on your behalf till you find the will of God. He hears it. I'm mad. He'll hear it. He hears everything, but he cannot do anything for you until you what? Until you do what? Until you pull the word in where it needs to be. You see what I'm saying? I don't know what the will of God for my life. Well, go find it in the Bible, right? So how do I know he hears me when I give him back his word? So it, obviously, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything that's speaking according to his word, we know he hears us. And if I know he hears me, look what it says. I know he's going to grant me that petition. How am I guaranteed God's going to hear me? I've been telling you guys this for years. Stay close to the word. Stay close to love. Stay in the principles and promises of God. You got it. Okay? Very important. So just remember this now. Here's the key to change. Okay? God's word does not exist independently from God. So it's connected to him. It can never be destroyed. It can never be defeated because it possesses all the qualities of God himself. So God is in his word. Now you say... How in the heaven is God in his word? How in the heaven do I know how God's in his word? He just put, he spoke it, okay? And the life was in the seed. Does that make sense? You gotta trust something, you gotta trust that. How do you know that? 1 Peter 1, 23, right? So he said in, in the word, he infused his power. The creative ability of God, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So right there, the word of God liveth and abideth forever. So this is why you say, well, your word of faith. Yeah, you better become word of faith because it's the word of faith which we preach. That's what Romans says. We're going to go there. This is what you and I have to realize. The only Now, this is powerful, so write these down or just catch them. The only way to produce lasting, eternal change is from the seed of God's word. That's it. Ain't no other way. Because everything else wears out. Discipline wears out. I'm telling you, it will. Habits will wear out. I don't care what any of these people be telling you. Like, you get the habits, the 24-day habit. Bro, have you not had a habit for something for years and then lose it later on and you ain't got the habit for it no more? Yes. Everybody in the room's yes. Now, I'm not talking about bad habits. I'm talking about good habits. It ain't even bad habits. How many had bad habits and you, you shook them off too? You got a new, you got a new system. So... The word of God. Now watch why nobody likes the word of God. You like the word of God, but we really don't, because it's not instant. It takes time. It takes, it takes a process, but the process will last forever. This is why people want instant gratification and instant results. You don't get instant nothing from God. Kind of like, you know, he does it, you know what I'm saying. You got to take that in balance. You can't really say God doesn't do anything. He does some things, but most of the things you're going to see in God is going to take time. You plant the seed, you let it grow, you let it develop, you let it do its work. Okay, now that we got that going, we started understanding something. So what are you trying to say? So what I'm saying is, in the seed, in the word of God, which the seed is the word of God, in that seed, in that word, is a container of the ability of what that word says it can produce. So there's an anointing. The anointing to do what that word says it could do, peace, love, joy, is in that seed. So what God is wanting me and you to do 
is he's wanting us to take that seed and put it in our heart. Now, here's two ways that you start processing this. It comes from hearing and it comes from speaking, okay? And, and I want you to see this, and we're gonna go there because I've never talked along these lines, so I want you to really pull this in. So the word is in control of everything going on. The word is eternal because God is eternal. The word is living because God is living. The word is powerful is because God is powerful. Everything that is true of God is also true of his word. This means that you receive the very life of God when he plants the seed of his word inside of you, okay? As you grasp God's word, everything in his plan for your life becomes within reach. Now, did you get that? Now, I want you to see this. Just look at 1 Peter 1.23 one more time. Having being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which liveth in a body forever. So how were we born again? Through the word of God. So he put the word in us, okay? Now, I, I should go there, because if you see this, let me go here, because this will help you, because I did this last, last time we did this, and it was good, okay? So just come over here to Galatians chapter 3, 13. We're gonna see this real quick, and then we're gonna go, we're gonna go. Because the word of God, everybody understands, the word of God is in control over my life, okay? You should know that. If you don't know that, it's okay, because that's why you're here. So the word of God is in control over my life. It's, it's working, just like that gravity, remember? It's working, even though I don't see it. Now, if you work the laws, it'll work for you. When you cross-grain the laws, they don't work, okay? Now, I want you to understand this. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. Remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago? Being made a curse for cursed everything that had a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, okay? So when we got born again, we were spiritually born again. Now look what it says. Brethren, now we're gonna keep going. Brethren, I speak after the men of men. There will be a man's covenant. We're gonna see something here, okay? It is confirmed. So now here's what he starts saying. Jesus went to the cross, okay? He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. Cursed is everything that hangeth on a tree, right? And he said, look, Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, so that the blessing of Abraham could come on the Gentile through faith. So the blessing's on us, and this is what he said the blessing was. It's a covenant connection. Okay, so here's what you gotta get. The covenant connection is key, all right? So we're reading this slow, and we're doing it. He said, I speak not, though it be man's covenant, no man can disannul or attitude. That means you can't break it, okay? Now to Abraham and his seed were promises made. You got that? So we see that. Abraham, one guy, seed, one seed, promises, plural, made. He said, not in the seeds as of many, but the one seed, which is Christ. So he said, listen, now watch this. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna give you this. This is real slow, real easy, you get this. Inside of Christ, inside of that word, inside of that seed is every single thing you're gonna need from God in a nutshell. Just it's all in there, in Christ Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what happens is you, you, you confirm this word outside, the word that got you born again, and now every other word you need, every seed, you take from the word by hearing, it goes in your heart and it goes in your spirit and the Holy Spirit is in there to procreate the promises of God. That means he is the incubator of future success because he says yes and amen. He's down with all of it, but you gotta have agreement. Does that make sense? So you got this seeds of men. So promises, so the promises of God are inside of you in word form. They connect from the outside. 
okay? And then you put them in there, and it kind of like, I don't think anybody could really explain the whole, like, exactly what happens. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, how does this happen? Who knows? All I know is, I don't know. So all I know is this, though. The Holy Spirit's in me, and he's an incubator of seed. Seed, right, promises out of the seed. What seed? The Christ. Yes and amen. Every promise is yes and amen. That makes sense. What he's saying is, if you leave that seed in your spirit, the Holy Spirit, supernaturally, because some of God be supernatural. How in heaven are you going to take a word and put it in you, grows, and you speak? Who knows how this works? But he said, look, that's why Jesus was like, it's good for me to go. I'm leaving. Why? I'm giving you the Holy Ghost. We didn't know what we were doing. You think Peter, James, and John knew what they were getting? I don't even know what we got. All I know is this. The Holy Spirit came in. He gets inside of you. He's living in you now. He gives us the tongue for the witness to keep our conscious that we got him. And we go, okay, what is he doing in there? Oh, he's leading me. Well, if, he, if he's leading you, he's leading you through the word. If he's guiding you, he's guiding you through the word. He, he and the word are one, just like Jesus said, me and my father are one. He can't leave to deviate from the word. That's why, don't get in all this kooky church stuff. These people wear me out, man. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about looking for this and signs of that. and Cut it out, man. Stay close to the word, all right? So, He's in there, the Christ, the Holy Spirit, allowing those seeds to be formed in your heart. And when those seeds take root, you speak out of those seeds and create realities in your life. We're going to see that. But this is what I want you to see because this is really important. And he said, and this, I say, is this covenant, right? Now, I'm going to show you something really good in Isaiah in a minute here, right? That you should make that. Look at this. He said, um, he said, one seed, which is Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Remember we talked about that? What is Ephesians 1, 3, Colossians 1, 27? You don't have to go there. Ephesians 1, 3 said, Blessed be the Father, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Colossians 1, 27 is Christ. What is the mystery of the church? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what he's saying right there. That's the Christ in you, okay? Which was Christ. So what is the seed that's in me? The seed of Christ, okay? The seed to create salvation and every other promise. This I say, What? This covenant was confirmed before Christ in 400 years, cannot add, cannot take away, cannot break, cannot mess up. For if the inheritance be of law, then it was no more of a promise. So there you go. You ain't, you ain't going to keep it by doing good. You get it by promise in faith, right? God gave it to Abraham. By, Wherefore, say the law, he said, it added up transgression till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and ordained of angels in the hand of a mediator. And the mediator was Jesus, okay? We understand that, Okay. So we understand this, right? So bottom line is this, and it says this. In Christ, and if you be Christ in verse 329, in Galatians 329, and if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and then heir according to the promise. Galatians 329, you'll see it in the King James. It says, and if you be Christ, are you not Christ? You better believe it. You got born again by Christ. Then you are Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. So the promise, the promise, the promise of, now listen to me. Got to get this now. Go slow. The promise of Christ to the Gentile has now given us access to all the promises in the Bible. We were absent from them without Christ. Okay, we were lost. We couldn't get no help. We were in sin. We were messed up. So we received Christ, and the minute we receive Christ, <clears throat> we have access to all the promises of God. Okay, so you got that. And they all, they all incubate in the arena of the spirit to create a reality in your natural life, okay? So now there's twofold. You confess. Now, confession has a lot of segments to it. You confess to get saved. You confess 
to create some realities, but I'm going to talk about the planting side of confession to renewing the mind. Okay? I never brought this up before. This is really powerful because I think what happens is people don't realize that your mind has to be trained from your spirit. Now, Brother Hagen wrote How to Train Your Human Spirit. It's a phenomenal book. He says, you got to instantly obey the voice of God. I gave you those on Sunday, right? He says, but I'm talking about something here that I really felt like God wants me to talk about. I've never, I've never really, I had to press into this and it don't, please, Brother Hagen's book is phenomenal. It's better than my book, but maybe not the new one. No, I'm just kidding. Come on, laugh a little bit. Come on, right? But you know what I'm saying is what I'm saying. That's cute and funny, but you know what I'm saying? Training your human spirit is important. But here's the thing. I did not realize that my mouth has to teach my soul. Man, I am telling you, this is good stuff. What do you mean? My spirit has to not only discover who he is, the real me. Like when I say this, it's kind of weird. You're like, how many people am I? Well, the apostle Paul said, I beat my body in this objection. Like he wasn't one with his body. You know, that's Galatians. Look at Galatians 2.20, right? King James is fine. He talks like he's a different dude, man. This guy doesn't make sense. I am crucified with Christ. Like, who am I? Wouldn't you say, like, I am crucified with Christ? He talks to himself like third party, right? Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life where I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am crucified. Who's I? When you say, I would be like, Chris is crucified with Christ. Uh, you know what I mean? He takes that third party kind of feel like he ain't one with his body. You know what I mean? Because he's a spirit, has a soul, lives in a body. These guys understood this. He said it in 1 Corinthians, he said, I beat my body in this objection. Like, your body wasn't part of you. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I beat. So I, I really think we got to get this logic thinking in our mind. Like, hey, you might be in, you're, 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 you're a three-part being. And um, you better be careful you don't take ownership of, and this is why the world's so messed up. I mean, I can really help some people that are really mind dealing. Because your, your thoughts aren't really you. Your feelings are not really you. Your emotions are not really you. Now, they come sometimes out of, out of lust. Now, that's big. Because what happens is you, you sometimes, you, you lust after something you shouldn't love. And I'm not talking about people. Just hear what I'm saying. It's like you, you build these things in your head because we, we take ownership of stuff we should have never took ownership of because it's almost created a, a pattern of wrong identity, and, and you got to be careful with that. And I don't want to go deep into that because that's another bunny trail we, got, we don't want to go on. But I want you to understand this is very, very important. So, so some of the stuff you need to see, and I think some of the stuff you really need to get is this. Now, I want you to look this covenant terminology. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, okay? This is big, okay? 46, 9 and 10. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, it, it even says in James, it says, um, don't think it's, when you go into James 1, you know, not yet, but when we go there, it says, don't think it's a strange thing, this fiery trial that you got into, you got tempted, you got tested in this arena, and the reason why you got tempted and tested is because you really, lust drew you there, and then it produces sin, and then it gets you in a mess. Now, let me explain something to you. Sometimes what happens is we take ownership of thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that are not ours, and what happens through those things is you, you, you're, and it wasn't only, it's not always negative desire. It could be positive desire. It could be a tool in any, but what it does is now it's opened this 
arena of like, oh man, why do I why do I have to fight this? Well, cast it down. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's your responsibility. But sometimes what happens is we go into this arena and take ownership of things because we feel like they're ours. They're not yours, right? So look what he says here in Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. I like Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 because I like this part right here. It says, you see this thing? It says, I am, I am, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. You got that, right? And watch, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I kind of like that, right? Kind of makes sense, right? So watch this, okay? And I kind of I was like, hmm. I kind of was like rolling with that, and I like that. He said, I am God, there's no other. Okay, I'm cool, right? I declare the end from the beginning, right? My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So God says, I declare the end from the beginning. How many times do we do that? We never really declare the end from the beginning. We, we, we declare the beginning and pray to God we can make it to the end. You know what I mean? That's not how God works. It sounds like Romans almost chapter four, right, where he calls those things that be not as though they were. So now I want you to get an understanding, okay? God, God's gonna, be, God's gonna, God's gonna re, reveal some of this stuff to you in, in, in a greater way. Um, because I, I feel personally like this, this was good. This kind of hit my spirit, and I wanna find this, this place for you. Because I'm telling you, man, you know, you got Joshua, you know, Joshua 1.8, meditate. We did that yesterday. We talked about that. But one of the scriptures that I really, really like about this understanding of the confession part, we're going to get into Romans chapter 10. We're going to look at all these scriptures. Um, I like Isaiah 59.21, and I want you to look at this, okay? Because this is big. I felt like this really hit because this hit home today. This is my covenant with them. Okay, this is God, right? Old Testament passage explaining his covenant operation through faith. This is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants from this time and forevermore. God's covenant, now I want you to write this down. God's covenant operates through confession. That was leaving that Galatians 3. He said, look, he said, you can't add to or disannul. This thing works no matter what because this covenant was never based on man. It was God and Jesus that cut it. That's why it's perfect. So God's covenant operates through confession. It works when God's spirit is what? In our mouth. And the promises of the covenant are fulfilled when we declare them. Okay? Now I want you to see that. Okay? Okay, I want you, I'm going to read that real slow, okay? So God, God, can you see it? God's covenant operates through confession according to Isaiah 59, 21. We understand this. It works when God's spirit is on us, right? We know that. Well, how's God's spirit come on us? He's in our mouth. He said, I'll come on you, right, upon you, and my, my words come in your mouth. So your heart and your mouth is the same thing Romans 10 is talking about. God is in you. Right, Old Testament, God came on them. New Testament, God is in us. So when we get agreement on the inside, that's Romans 10. We're gonna go there in a minute, right? We get agreement on the inside and then we release the words of our mouth and it forces God's covenant. Now let me show you something here and read this again real slow, okay? So we know the Old Testament, God would come in. New Testament, God is within. Come on, right? 
And now we know we got that. So what do we got to do? We got to have agreement. Agreement has to be found in the soul. I've been telling you this. Agreement had to be found to meditate, and agreement has to be found in the soul to confess. Otherwise, you will never move your mouth. You're not going to say, you're not going to confess the word of God. Because, and I think like what happens was, I kind of kicked that golden calf over a little bit. Okay, but let me read this. Okay, it works when the spirit is in us and the words of God are in our mouth. The promises of the covenant are fulfilled when we declare them. Now, here's a big thing. Well, why don't God just do it? Right? Why, why do I have to confess? What, you ever ask yourself this? Now we're going slow. Why do I have to confess what God already did? Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so God did it, and it's already been written. Why do I gotta have to? Why do I have to? Why do I even have to take the time to confess it? Because I have to. I, I I have to release it in the earth. Now you gotta understand something here. Now, just let me go slow. The earth was cursed. That's why Jesus said in Galatians three thirteen, I reversed the curse and put the blessing on you so you could plant the heavens in the earth. That's big. Because the church's job is to make Eden grow. We ain't talking enough. We, we, we talking foolish. We sound like the world. The church, see, Eden, when, see, I don't know where Eden physically is, whatever. Eden was a place where, where, that was growing like a garden. They messed up, got kicked out. God put us back in. Come on, somebody. Right? Through salvation. And now we, we plant the heavens in the earth. You plant the heavens in America. You plant the heavens in your home. Now you got to get a revelation of this because this is big, right? So what do you mean? You got to plant. So watch this. So for me to enforce this covenant that God gave me, I got to declare it. Now, what the funny thing was this. Have you ever seen Old Testament covenant? We should probably do blood covenant again. You Bible school students of mine, you know what I'm talking about. There was a declaration. That's why when you get married, right, that's a covenant, okay? Shedding of blood, confessing of vows, you declare what's mine is yours. We're together in this. Life and death, blessed and cursed, You're right? Rich or poor. That's all the, there's a, conf- Jesus cut a covenant. When he did it, God and Jesus used terminology. Abraham cut a covenant. There was terminology, the, the lesser with the greater. See what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. So what are we doing? We're in covenant with God, and when we open our mouth, we enforce, but if you don't know this stuff, you ain't got no power. Why didn't it work? It didn't work yesterday because we didn't have the revelation we got today. This is what the church has got to get. Why was, my, why was it not good yesterday? Because yesterday you didn't know what you're doing. Today you do. That's the easiest way to get I told the devil, the devil slapped me around. You didn't know what you know today. Just stop. We're be- Every week, this is why we're getting better. This is why I told them around here. I'll be serious. I'm not coming out of this. Like, I don't know who's listening. I don't even really care. But... I'm going to keep just dialing it up and spitting it out every week, Sunday to Wednesday, special. I'm doing a seminar a month like this, two days. You need to learn this stuff. I got to plant the heavens because the church doesn't get it. We got to do the work because here's what you got to do. How in the world, think of this. I thought about this today. There's, how do I reprogram and renew my mind? There's only two ways, really. Now, meditating, you know, this, you know, all that stuff. But understand, I have to hear the word and I have to speak the word. That's the only way to do it. You ain't going to sit in church and, oh, I'm going to become spiritual. No, you're not. You got to hear it, accept it, and then you got to speak it. Because, and why is speaking it so important? Because you have to release it. Because 
you know, there's, there's a couple places in the Bible I was going to take you there, but I don't want to. The Bible said they believed, but therefore they never spoke. And because they never spoke, they never got saved. So you can have a belief that Jesus is Lord, but until you confess him as your Lord, you don't get saved. So words got to confirm in the earth what Jesus planted in your heart from the heavens. I never said that day in my life. <laughs> okay? I'm telling you, words got to confirm in the earth what Jesus released from you from the heavens. You got to speak it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You got to let it loose in the earth. The earth's got to know its boundaries. You got to tell it. So, so now when we get in this, and you see this in Romans 10, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's always made sense. But you want to see this part of scripture? Now, we used to talk like this back in the day. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'll take you there. You want to go see Romans 10? Go look at Romans 10, 8. Romans 10, 8 is going to help you. Okay? Now, I've been, I've been preaching this for years. You know what I mean? But hey, you, can't, you can't beat it. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. Oh, I preached that 20 years. Man, who cares? You know? But what saith it? Now, you got to get this. What saith it? The word is nigh thee. How close? What do you mean the word is nigh thee? In thy mouth and in thy heart. Well, what's in the mouth and in the heart? The word of faith which we preach. So the, mouth, the word's two places. It's in my mouth, it's in my heart. Now here's the problem. Now you got to get this now. It's in my mouth. I'm going to put my word in your mouth. Remember Isaiah? I'm going to put my spirit upon you, right? He's in your heart now. Okay? Now watch this. Your mouth and your spirit. Now let me explain something to you. Your mouth is not your spirit. Out of the abundance of your mouth, you say some jacked up stuff. That ain't all your spirit. It got, it'd be unholy, some of it. You know what I mean? So watch. Your mouth is where you connect over in the soul, and your spirit's where you connect in your heart. And they got two, they have so many hookups that you got to get connected to get this to work. But it ain't hard. Let me just show you how it works, okay? Now watch. Look at Romans 10 8. I'm going to explain it. Okay? So here's what happens. I got to get my. Because in my heart is where my soul and spirit connect, and in my mouth is where my soul and spirit connect. Now, I'm going to show you this, right? Have you ever said the goofiest stuff out of your mouth? Yes, because you didn't get soul and spirit connection in the mouth, and it goes in the, in the bucket of tongues in the heart, meaning like in your spirit. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it's in there, and if you don't get a line. So the heart is where... The, the, the spiritual heart of man, the first Peter 3, 4, hidden man in the heart, is where the soul and the spirit connect, and then the soul and the spirit connect in the mouth. Okay, let me show you what happens. So you over here. So when you reject the truth of the word of God, you're not in a spiritual position to say the right stuff. So why do I talk broke, lack, defeat, not enough, all this evil junk? Without, with my mouth, I praise God and curse men. Blessings and curses are in the mouth. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. How in the heaven can I do this? Because I didn't get my mouth to connect to my spirit. I got it to connect to my soul. And then I, have you ever, okay, watch. Go slow. Have you ever been so emotional, it just come flying out of your mouth? And you like, dude, when you were saying it, you're like, this is so stupid, but I cannot control this moment. <laughs> come on, right? Can we all say amen? Want to have a group repentance? Like, yes, I repent. Have you ever just been so overwhelmed in life that your emotions just come spewing out of your mouth? Have you ever gotten angry and emotions just come spewing out of your mouth? Have you ever got this one? How about this one? Your will, right? I quit. I'm God, fly. I, you're 
God, beep, right? You know, right? You're like done. You're done, right? You ever get there? You know, like, man, God, I tithe, I give. I go, I'm the pastor of the church. I was kidding. I was kidding today. I was laughing. I told them, I, I told them that we were playing, you know, and I was telling the kids, I was telling, I was telling the kids about saving money. And I, and I told them, I went in, I was kidding in the office. I said, give me a raise or I'm moving. <laughs> So I went in there, I just walked in there, they were in there, the girls were in the office. I said, if you guys don't give me a raise, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going across the street and start relevant number two. <laughs> they were laughing at me, you know, like I was playing and we were having fun and I was being goofy. But, but one of the things I was saying, I was being goofy and it was funny and we were laughing. But I was really trying to explain to them how important it is that you don't play too far over in your emotional state. Because you've seen crazy stuff like this. When someone's not being controlled spiritually, they're being controlled by their flesh. And when you're, in, you're, and you're out of control. You know, I was kind of making like, you know, how many you know the body of Christ is little, it's colorful, let's just leave it at that. You know, like, obviously I'm not going nowhere, no, no, don't worry about it, I'm not going anywhere, I promise. All right, but you see what I'm trying to say? It's like, you could say anything at any goofing moment in time if, you're, if your emotions are involved, or how about your will? Man, your will's dangerous. If you don't get your will to conform, it's dangerous. And how many of you know it is? Your mind, that thing can take you anywhere. It's scary, right? So watch this. So in the heart, if I don't get my spirit and soul to connect, right? Check this out. Then I, I got to get the word of God. That's Hebrews 4 and 12, right? Separate. So it's connected. It separates and it connects through the word, and it separates through the word, and then I gotta make sure I'm speaking out of my spirit because I can't really speak out of my soul because in my, if you get frustrated, it's gonna come out of you, and you get agreement with the mouth. Now, here's the crazy part about the devil. He don't even care if you believe it or not. He'll use it against you, and you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to dig some of that stuff up. So what happens is I have to make sure I have agreement in the heart. That's why I think meditating is really strong, and then my confession. Now look what it says in Romans 10, 8, because this is what you understand, right? What saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth, connecting to my heart, connecting the word of faith. So what happens, right? Now look what he says here. Keep going. It's good. You're going to like it, right? He says, he says this. He says, because with the heart, that if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now watch this, right? Belief formed in the heart, words released with the mouth. Now I want you to look at that. Look at that, stare at that, right? Stare at that for a minute, pull that in. Did you get that? I don't want you going that. That if you confess with your mouth, right? Confession with the mouth have to be formed from a belief in the heart. I believe Jesus is Lord. I confess him as Lord of my life. That is how you got saved. But that is how you work every principle of faith in confession. It has to be a belief that's formed in the heart by faith and then confess with the mouth. Now, where's the breakdown in this? We don't believe it, but we think saying it's gonna create a reality. It doesn't. It has to be supercharged with faith to be released to work. Now, here's the problem with the devil. He don't care. He'll use everything he got against you. Now, watch this. Check out the next verse. 
Powerful stuff, okay? Now watch. This is good. For with the heart, man believes on to right standing with God, and the mouth creates salvation. So right standing or agreement is found in the heart belief. Connection. Righteousness is of the spirit. What was made righteous? Your spirit. You're in right standing with God spiritually. Now, it's a whole body package, but guess what? Can my soul take me out of righteousness? Not the position, but the mentality of it. Uh, I don't believe I'm supposed to prosper. Then you what? You come out of agreement with God because God wants you rich. I don't believe I'm supposed to be healed. Well, I'll stay sick, but God doesn't. God, see, your soul has what? Got to be trained by truth. Otherwise, this thing will talk stupid, talk broke, talk sick, talk lack of reconciliation, talk unjust. It'll talk goofy. So you got to be careful. For with the heart, man believes to agreement, and then the mouth, salvation, soteria, deliverance, breakthrough, miracles, signs, wonders, out of the mouth. For what the heart man believes. So where's belief? In the heart. Where's belief? In the heart. So what happens if I don't have heart belief and I open my mouth? Now watch this. You ready for this? My mouth could say, I, I, I believe and not have heart connection and not have mountain moving faith. You won't move nothing. But it'll keep you for a while until you get the beliefs figured out. I said this for years, and it's true. I'd rather you have beliefs and then speak than speak without them. Because you, you mess yourself. That's James. That's James. I don't want to go there. He said, take heed what you hear. Be careful. He said, the man that's not is messed up with his mouth deceives his own heart. Because you're, I'm broke. I'm sick. I'm there. Everything you speak anti-word starts tricking your spirit and you not knowing who you are. Right? Man, I'm telling you this is good. You want to see something here? Watch this. I'm going to show you this, right? So why do I got to speak the word of God? This is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get you right here, okay? Now I want you to see this, okay? Look at Hebrew. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. Hebrews 10, 23. Is that all right? Okay? And Proverbs 3. I'm going to give you a bunch of these. You want to write them? Do you want to write them? Or I don't, I don't, I, let me just go. 10, 23, and then we're going to go to Proverbs 3, 3. And I'm going to show you this now. Write this down. I don't care what you think. Just write them down, Okay? Let us hold fast profession, confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. There's that promise. We've got to hold fast. That's confession, not profession. You study in the Greek. He's saying, hold fast your confession of those promises. Don't let them go. No matter what you see, because what you see don't care. Proverbs 3 and 3, and then we're going to go to Proverbs 7. Okay? So Proverbs 3 and 3. Okay, Proverbs 7, 3, okay, Proverbs 3 and 3, you see what Proverbs 3 and 3, you got it right there? Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. Wait, whoa, wait, 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 what did he say there? What did he say there? See it? Look, what did he say? He said, hey, let not mercy and truth forsake you. What, what am I supposed to do? Bind them. What do you mean bind them? Bind the word on your neck. Write them upon the table of the heart. What do you mean write it upon a table of the heart? I don't know I got a table in my heart. Where's this table in my heart? And how in the heaven do I write upon my heart? Because as we're showing you, he say, you got to take, now get this. No, people don't know this stuff. I didn't know this until I got to figure it out, right? 
you got to take what's in your spirit and write it upon your soul. Because your soul don't know who you are. That's what you got to do. You got to write it. And I'm going to tell you what. You got you to let me write on your heart. Because I'm your pastor. I'm your guy. You say, Pastor Chris, take the pen and write. I ain't even going to reject it. See, the people that are smart around me, they just go right all over me, man. Take a crayon and marker. I should sharpie all of you. Come in here and write on you. Draw all over you. You're a champion. Man, that would be a great illustrating sermon. Come in here and get a washable marker and write on all of you jokers. I'm, some of you don't even need a permanent marker. Leave it on you. Get a tattoo gun and tattoo it. You're righteous. You're awesome. Because the world trying to tell you somebody you're not. You got to have somebody you trust to tell me who you are. And that's good, right? You know? Somebody said, is he going to write on us? Come next week. Maybe I will. I don't know. Some of you need it, right? So look at Proverbs 7.3. Proverbs 7.3. This is good, right? Proverbs 7.3. You see this? Bind them upon thine fingers and write them upon the table of thine heart. There he is with this table of thine heart business. What is this table of the heart business? Look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17.1. Jeremiah 17.1. Look at this. Write these things upon the table of my heart. Put this on the table of my heart. Do this with the table of my heart. Table of my heart. Write it upon the table of my heart. Bind them upon your fingers upon the table of your heart. Speak this table of the heart. Okay, great. Look what he says here, right? Look, the sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron. And with the point of a diamond, it is graven upon the table of thine heart. And upon the horns of your altars. Funny, right? The word of God says, he said, there's a pen of iron. Right? right? The diamond is engraved upon the heart. Right? He's saying you could write upon this thing. Now look what it says here in Psalm 45. Psalm 45 is going to help you see this, right? Because I need you to see this. So you got to write. You got to take your mouth. Amen? Look at this right here. Psalm 45, 1, you're going to see it. Okay? Ooh. Look at this. Look at this, right? Now you're going to see this now. It's going to sound real like that soul business. So you're going to put it My heart is what, is what, is, is what is connected to this matter. I'm going to show you this now, okay? You're going to like this. You're going to get all excited about it, right? Woo! You're going to see how you're going you're gonna to fix your life forever, okay? Now watch this. <clears throat> Look at this. My heart is connected to this matter, a good matter. Speak of things which I made... For the king, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. What do you mean your tongue is the pen of a ready writer? My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Well, where are you going to write? You're going to write upon the tablet of your heart. What do you mean write upon the tablet of my heart? My, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Now watch this now. I'm going to show you this now. Go to James chapter 1. I've been giving you this all a while. You all know this stuff because you've been hanging around here, but this is what you got to see there. My tongue's the pen of a writer. Did you know your tongue's the pen of a ready writer? Well, you do now. Praise be to God. Look at James chapter 1. I want to get this over to you before we got to go. I'm going to keep you a little bit, right? Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So my tongue is the pen of a ready writer? Write it. What am I supposed to write down? Didn't he say you got a table of the heart? Come on. Didn't he say that? James 1.21, you know this one, right? Right? I'm, 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 my tongue is the pen of right. Lay, what's, he say, what's he say here? He says what? He says, and receive. Oh, that's good. Get rid of this naughty life. Get rid of this goofiness. 
and receive with meekness the engrafted word. How many times this month have you heard this? Receive with meekness the engrafted word which can save my soul. Okay, good. Receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save my soul. Beautiful. Next. Look what it says. I'm going to tell you, man, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Okay, watch this. So I'm just a hearer. Well, hearing ain't enough. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now watch this. So you hear. Hearing ain't enough. You got to do something what you hear. He said, if you're a hearer and only a hearer and not a doer, you deceive your own self. Self-deceive. What does that mean? Well, you hear it, but you don't believe it enough to act upon it. You hear it, and you don't believe it enough to say what he said. You hear it, but you don't believe it enough. Why is that? You deceive your own self. Now, watch what he says here. Watch what he says. He starts breaking it down. He explains it to you. Watch. Keep going. You've, I've read it over and over, but you don't understand why you're telling. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, the mirror of the word of God. He what? Straightway forgets what manner man he is. He looks and forgot what manner man he was, and next thing you know, but whosoever, now watch this now. This is where you see this. But whosoever looks in the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, and what? Continues therein, beautiful, not being a forgetter, but a doer of what he hears, this man shall be blessed in all his deeds. Ooh, that's sweet. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You pulling this in? He shall be blessed in all his deeds. If any man among you, watch me saying, seem to be spiritual, ain't this James 3? And bridleth not his tongue. Now watch this. That's James 3. James 3, what James 3 say? You all know what James 3 said. Stay right here. Don't go there. James 3 says this. Hey, I'll show you what. I want to see a perfect man. Any man that does not offend with his mouth is a perfect man. He can bridle his whole body. What we say, where your mouth goes, your body goes. It's a law. I don't care if you don't believe it. It's a law. You Gravity, hello, you can't change it. It's a law. There's spiritual laws. These spiritual laws are greater than natural laws. Okay? So watch this, right? He said, that just like we put a bit in a horse's mouth, steer this thousand-pound animal with a rope and a string. How are you going to do that? The bit does it. How are you going to move that big old cruise ship with that little rudder? Easy. The rudder. He said, your tongue is like the bit, and your tongue is like the rudder. It's going to make the ship go where it's supposed to go and the horse where to go. That's the way it is. It's a law. He said what? He said, bridle your tongue and bridle your body. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Now, look what he says right here. That's James 3. Now, look at James 1. He said, if any man among you seem to be spiritual and bridleth not his tongue, but deceives his own heart. How does my tongue deceive my heart? It writes a picture that God never wanted me to see. Lack. God never wanted that on your heart. This man's religion is vain. Why? He said, because you're jacking it up. Because you don't have tongue and heart agreement. Your mouth is talking all this stuff. And your spirit's getting tricked. And you're writing some story in here that doesn't agree with the story he told you in your spirit. So now your soul over here is written on this thing. And it's all goofy. 
And you want to know what you got to do? You got to get over here spiritually and train your soul what to think, what to say, what to do. And you got to rewrite it. And how do you rewrite it? You got to speak it. I'm not thinking those thoughts no more. I'm not talking like that no more. We're not acting like that no more. We're going to say what God says about a matter. We're going to call those things that be not as though they were. We're going to start activating the word of God. We're going to start transforming our future. We're going to start doing this. Now watch this. Right, 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 right. He's what? If any man sees to be pure religion... We don't even got to go there. Is what? Keeping your mouth right. And you understand what that is. But I want you to see this part right here. This is big. This is big. I think it's big. Okay? And you're going to do it. Okay? Why is meditating and confession so important? Because you have to do your part to operate God's blessing. Okay? So here's what I want you to start working on because I'm going to let you go. Okay? Well, how do I? But you say, Pastor Chris, how do I do this? What are you trying to say? Okay? Here's what I'm saying. Okay? Because Hebrews 4 and 12, you know what Hebrews 4 and 12, the word of God is quick. You can go there. Let them see it, and then we're done, okay? So my soul is my, my mind, my will, and my emotions, right? For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? What does it do? Even to the piercing, even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. So the soul and spirit can be disconnected or connected through the word of God, right? Joints and marrow, thoughts, intents of the hearts, discerners the word. So watch this. So my soul, I got to reprogram it. Because you wonder why? It's fallen. Now this is tough, man. This is what the church needs to learn. What do you mean it's fallen? Well, it fell when Adam sinned. And now I have to reprogram myself to who I've been made. You're a new creature in Christ. It has no identity of the new creature in Christ unless I teach it. It will by default go back to what it knows. That's why he says, Put on the new man. Put on this new mind. Wash your mind. Wash yourself. Cleanse yourself. Think upon these things. Colossians 3, so he said, he said look unto up. Let this mind be in you. He's, what do you got to do? You got to put it on. Put on the new man, like a coat, right? You got to put it on. If you don't put it on, you ain't going to wear it. So what does that mean? So what I got to do is, so my mind starts going, I'll give you a perfect example. Well, I don't feel healed. Your doctor said I ain't healed. Doctor said I ain't healed. I don't feel healed. The thermometer don't say I'm healed. Nothing looks healed. Everything looks sick. What in the world am I going to do? What am I supposed to say? I'm not sick? I'm thinking sick. Okay? Now, that's where confession gets wacky. Denial is not confession. Call, calling those things that be not as though they were is not denial. I'm just calling for something well. You want to call it sick, you can call it sick, but I'm calling forth healing. You see what I'm saying? Call those things that be not. I know what I got. I don't want that. I'm calling healing. You see what I'm saying? You got to call what you want, not what you got. You got sick, you sick. These people goofy, right? I'm not sick. You know, got, you got smacked in the head, got a big old knot in his head. <laughs> Get hit in the head with a bat. You got a knot in your head. I'm not, I don't got no knot on my head. No, you do, dummy. You got a knot on your head. Don't call, don't call it the way you, come on, man. You could call, you got to say, come on, there's got to be a sense of normalcy here. I'm not saying you got to live with that knot on your head, but you got to say you got to call that swelling to go down, bro. You got to change this thing. You can't just be living like, like, like a weird, some of these Christians are weird. Run around telling people way too much stuff, and then you look like a goofball. Cut your finger off and you run around. No, I'm well. 
got blood squirting out of your finger. Like, it's good. You need to go to the hospital and sew that joker back on. I'll, praise, I'll be like, praise God. You know what I'd be saying? I'd say, praise be to God. I'm going to have all my fingers. I'm going to have all my fingers. You know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, stop. It's not denial. It's confessing the thing I want to see. I'm calling it from another dimension. But where's this dimension? It's in the spirit. Where's this stuff? It's in the spirit. In the natural right now, your body might not be well. But in the spirit, by his stripes, you were made whole. You got to call it from the other dimension. Now, here's the cool part. You want to know what this dimension is? It's in you. And the more you have agreement, you could pull it over. Now, watch what confession does. It creates it to be a reality in your today, in your moment. That's big. Now, watch. Now, I'm going to show you something about confession. Okay? I think there's stages of confession just there is stages of meditation. Now, let me explain that. What do you mean? I think there's sometimes we're confessing to reprogram and educate. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I have to teach my mind what to think. I have to teach my emotions how to respond. And I have to teach my will how far it can go. Okay? Then there's times I'm going to link this up and release a creative force in my atmosphere to change things. You understand what I'm saying? There's elements. There was confession to get saved. Remember, salvation, the person that's new to this, you're going to confess Jesus as Lord. There's confession. How many know I confess to repent sometimes? There's all forms of it. So what am I trying to get you to do? I want you verbally. Because I, I, I don't have a great understanding of this. I only have a little bit. The outer ear, inner ear, like your outer ear and your inner ear. That's why you ever hear yourself like on a, a, a I remember the first time I heard myself on, a, on, a, on a, a tape recorder. You ever hear yourself on a tape recorder? You don't sound like the way you hear. You know what I'm saying? So your outer ear and your inner ear is, is a different thing. Like, it, you don't know what you sound like until you hear yourself. Have you ever heard yourself? Have you ever played? Just, like, I watched me on YouTube. I was like, I don't sound like that. But to my inner ear, outer ear, I do. But you want to know what's crazy? Because I've been hearing myself for so long, I'm starting to almost sound more familiar to myself. I'm training my inner ear because my outer ear hears, and I know my voice. See what I'm saying? You got to do, th do this. You got to tell you, no, greater is he that's in me. Now, what happens is you're training yourself. You're reprogramming your mind. Now, watch this. The creative force of words not only creates a reality in your atmosphere, it creates a reality internally. And I think for a season, you internally first position yourself to not deceive yourself. How many times have you deceived yourself because you said something different than what your spirit was believing? Because your spirit is only connected to God. So you got to be careful because watch this. This is how you create carnality in your own being. Watch. You're victorious. Well, my emotions got the best of me and I'm talking lack and defeat. Your spirit's like, I don't know who we are right now. Who are we? Because I think we're a champion. I read we're in a champion. I looked in the mirror and it said we could do all things through Christ. It said to me, I'm always giving you the victory. But you talking like some dude, I don't know who we are. So maybe we are a grasshopper. Because the way you talk ain't the way that book talks, so I don't know who we are. So I, basically, by default, we got to go with you because what's coming out of our mouth has now deceived our heart. Funny how the, funny, now think of this. They get these principles because this is how the devil's using it against you. Funny how he said the mouth deceives the heart, but the heart doesn't deceive the mouth. But think about that for a minute. Think about that. Think about what I just said. The mouth deceives the heart. The heart doesn't deceive the mouth. Go slow. It could be both ways, but get what I'm saying. I got to be careful. So what you're saying is, Pastor Chris, I got to be careful what I'm saying because 
what I say, my ear picks up and what? Starts writing on my heart. Exactly. Because a lot of stuff in your heart doesn't come out of your mouth, only the abundance of it. So what am I asking? So what am I, so what? Locate people. Why you got all that coming out of your heart? Because that's what you've been meditating on. Why you got fear coming out your mouth? Because that's what you've been meditating on. That's what I told you yesterday. You got to guard your meditation. You, and then here's another thing you say. Well, I want to say it. Don't say it. Some stuff ain't worth saying because all it does now is it creates, um, a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll use this terminology, and I understand it, but I, I, I think you got to get better at, at being, being, being uh, fine-tuned. Well, you know, I just, I just want to. I just want to sometimes um, alleviate the internal pressure by releasing words. No, let the internal pressure stay there and help me break the right seeds open. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we want to share it just to get it out and be like, "Whoo, I feel better now." You're going to go right back to that place because it takes that pressure to crack the right new seed to grow. So some things are better left. Just that's why the dying process is miserable. Because, and I'm going to talk about that, because, see, we don't talk like this in church. You know why you die to self? To break open new seeds. And I want to, like, you want to scream is what you want to do, but you can't. Some seasons you got to sit there in darkness and let it cultivate until the light breaks forth. So don't, don't miss it. That's a lot. Here's the basic principle. My spirit has to teach my soul what to say. That's Proverbs. A wise man's heart teaches his mouth what he can say. Ain't that good? That's filter. Can I say that? Because if you don't want to harvest on it, don't speak it. So now watch this. I know what some of you are going to say, and watch this. Here's, here's the breaking point of God. What am I supposed to do with it? You bring it in prayer. Why do we not want to stay there? Because it doesn't help my senses in there. It's still a faith project. Because a lot, of, no one understands really what's going on but God, and you got to stay in a place of prayer and cast your care and cultivate relationship and go. Now, you can always have somebody to talk and all that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to make you isolated internally. But what I'm trying to get you to see is don't say certain things in the wrong setting. They're, they're writing on your heart. You're talking broke. You're talking this. You're talking that. Now, here's the good news. Say, say I've, been, I've been talking like a clown for a long period of time. It's okay. You could rewrite the pages when you start speaking positive about your future. Right now, you say, like, well, I've been talking broke for 30 years. Well, stop talking broke. I've been talking lack for 30 years. Stop I've been talking sick for 40 years. I've been talking this. I got, I don't, our church, stop. Filter through, filter through, can my spirit allow my mouth to say what it's getting ready to say? It's too costly not to because here's the thing. If it comes out and it's wrong, you're writing it upon the table of your heart. It starts becoming the reality of who you think you are, even though it might not be the truth. And that's the problem with the enemy. He wants you to get the wrong image because if you get the wrong image, you're going to get the wrong words. You get the wrong words, you're going to get the wrong atmosphere of life. Amen? So, you know, these are that's quick, man, fast. You know what I mean? Boom. That's a lot of word, but that's fast. So you know what you got to do. You got to build on these truths to help your confession. So what you do is you find the word of God and you speak it, and when you speak it, you hear it, and you allow your soul to meditate and kind of go, and you mull it over, 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 and you roll it over, and you roll it over, and you roll it over, and you get that thing in you. 
and you start speaking positive. And now, just like he said here, he said, and what? He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, he's not going to be self-deceived. Because you got to realize your pen of your tongue is writing out your future story. What do you want to see? What do you want to have? What do you want to do and what do you want to become? It's the words of the mouth become the pen of a ready writer, writing upon the tablet of your heart. That's good and bad, so be careful. Why? This is why confession is so important, and this is why the verbal affirmation for you is so important. It's covenant-enforcing principles. That, and you want to know what's really cool? The word of God is quick and powerful. What do you think your mind's going to start doing when you're willing your emotions, when you start taking these truths and planting them over there? The supernatural power. That's, that's um, Second Peter. You know, I'm not going to hold you there. How do we become a divine partaker of these promises? Through the word. It's really good. According as the divine power had given unto us. You read it when you go home. It gave you the power to produce. So it's the image on the inside transforming me and you for the position on the outside. It's powerful, man. You got to make, here you want to see it? 2 Peter 1.3, I could hear you. 2 Peter 1.3, watch. I know, give him a minute, we were closing up. But 2 Peter 1.3, um, he goes all the way on 8. It says, according as divine, his divine power hath given in us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's a, doesn't that sound like Ephesians 1.3? Sure it does. He gave you everything that pertains in the life and godliness. Where's that at? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Okay, great. That's great. How do we get all these divine, how do we get all these given on us all things that pertain to life, natural, godliness, spiritual, whereby are given on us exceeding great and precious promises. Galatians, remember? I gave you the promises from the promise that by these you might be a partaker of a divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's saying those promises inside of you give you what? Precious promises become a partaker of a divine nature. So when you put those promises in there, they change your DNA. They change your nature. Well, your nature in the spirit's perfect. Where do you think it's changing your nature? And your soul. You're renewing your soul. That's what Jesus did on the Mount of Transfiguration. Glory shot out of him. How did he do it? He just had perfect connection, divine alignment. Besides this, give all diligence, add to faith, power, power, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, patience, patience, goodness, goodness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, love. If these things be in you and abound, they make you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is where success comes in. So what do I do? I take these promises, I put them in my spirit, right, from the word of God. I connect them from the earth in there. My spirit's ready to go, and I plant them in my soul. I leave them in my soul. And what was Mark chapter four? Mark chapter four was the response of the soul to the word of God, right? Hold on to it. Let the soil hold on to the seed, and the seed has to transform. I told you this Sunday a couple weeks ago. I said the seed always reveals the soil. The soil never reveals the seed, okay? The soil never reveals the seed. The seed reveals the soil. So when you hear it, it shows you where your soil is. Change your dirt. Fix it. Transform it. I don't know if I'm rich. Change your dirt. That's garbage dirt. Put the rich seed in there. I don't know if I'm well. I don't feel sick. I feel sick. Put, change that dirt. I, I, I don't ever win. Nothing good happens. Change that dirt. That dirt's wrong. When you hear victory and you feel defeat or you hear righteous and you feel inferior, change your dirt. It's time. 
Put that seed in there, let it have its process, and let it have its life-changing transformation in your life, and you'll start getting total agreement. And the next thing you know, there's going to be a floodgate flowing in your body, and you're going to be looking like Jesus, lighting up like a glow-in-the-dark light light because the power of God's flowing through you. That's the glory. Well, you think that, why do you think they saw the glory? It wasn't just manifestation of miracles. It was, the, it was the meditation and confession of man that created this stuff. I'm telling you. Because it ain't always going to be a miracle. You have to put the work in to be the renewed man. And that's when the power of God shows up at a greater level for your life. Amen? You did great. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you that we've been in meditation. We've been in confession. We've been in change. We've been in transformation. We've been, we've been in a place uh, of supernatural ability like never before. And I want you to know that we are going to be victorious in every area of our life because of what you've taught us. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the prayers of the saints. I thank you for the desires of their heart. I thank you for the change and transformation. I thank you for the seed being sown. And I thank you for the success being given in every single area of their life. Thank you, Lord. We've learned how to meditate and we learned how to confess at a greater level. And now we're going to see the transformation in our life each and every day of it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. You guys did great. I'm going to see you Sunday. We're going to slide right in and have, have a super soul Sunday. We're going to be going to a whole new level of understanding what we have and what we received. I'm going to see you in the house of the Lord. I love you. See you 9 and 1030. And I'm going to see you online. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.